Darius Brown. Welcome to another episode of the Sports and the World podcast. On this episode, Chris and I discuss Major League Baseball and the importance of having a season this year, using your platform, the Olympics, and reliving our childhood. To listen to this and every episode of Sports in the World, head over to anchor.fm slash sports the world. That's anchor.fm slash sports the world. Or subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Without further ado, enjoy this episode of the Sports and the World podcast. And welcome to another edition here of Sports and the World. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And whenever you're listening to us, and however you're listening to us, thank you for making the Sports in the World podcast a part of your day. And how have you been, my man? Sad. Sad, dude. We're uh, we're a couple months in, no baseball. We at least did get an NFL draft. Hockey's meh. Basketball, not that I care about it, but meh. We're just we're sportsless, man. I uh, I'm now turning pissing people off in traffic into a sport just to give myself some entertainment. Well, you know, we didn't have an Olympics this year, so you got to compete somehow. <laughs> so you got to compete somehow. It's, it's going to be really – before we get started, it's going to be really weird saying the Tokyo Olympics 2020 and 2021. And I guess if you already made the merchandise for it, I, I completely understand. And I'll tell you what, man, I'd be one happy uh, T-shirt printer person right now. Because, you know, damn, well, they got to make all those new shirts for all the countries and all the teams and then the hats and the pants and the backpacks and all the other bullshit that people buy to go. Not that I've ever bought uh, an Olympic anything, to be honest with you. I, I mean, yeah, even like the World Baseball Classic, I don't even think I ever bought like a new era fitted or anything like that. No, I, I I can't say that I have either. It, it's but I think it, it's, it's there's a, a market it's a, for it. People oh yeah, are buying it. there's a market for it. Oh yeah, if if it's out there, there's a market somewhere. It's a certain probably a niche market, but it's a market nonetheless. And the people every four years they get to watch curling on their TV. I mean that's that's exciting stuff. <laughs> that the biathlon. I mean, where else can you do that? Yeah, you, yeah. nothing more than I want to do than watch people swim on TV back and forth for 20 minutes at a time. I I couldn't think of a more pleasurable thing to watch. Maybe paint drawing on a wall. I do enjoy a good paint drawing session. <laughs> but, but you know, ironically, it's one of my favorite Olympic sports. Don't, don't ask me why. Yeah. Maybe on a, on a future episode, I'll delve into it deeper. But I think I started, I started getting into it. Uh, I would probably say... Mm, see, I think the London Olympics was 2012. I think right about that time. I think so. Michael Phelps was stacking bodies, right? Yeah, and I just got so fascinated. And then you delve deeper that the sports that it's bigger than Michael Michael Phelps, and you start finding swimmers like, you know, like Katie Ledecky on the women's side, and then you have you still got Ryan Lock. You know, there is still and there's still a lot of future talent in in USA swimming. So so for those who are swimming fans that. So for those who are big swimming fans, the future is safe. I'll, so uh, I'll take your word for it, man. If they, uh, I, I would like to see them do like UFC as an Olympic sport. Remember, like, so uh, if you have ESPN Plus right now, it's absolutely gold. You got to check it out. So they've got the first original four UFC events. Like I'm talking Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie OG UFC fights. I think that should be an Olympic sport. Like, the baton twirling and all that stuff, it's cute and all. But let's face it. We all want to see who the toughest badass is in the world. And what a better way to do it than the Olympics. Take the best UFC fighters and kickboxers. Do it OG UFC style. I mean, granted, there are, like, more rules. Like, you can't kick in the nuts and, you know, gouge eyeballs and, you know, all the cool things they used to do back in the day. Or, like, hammer fist them and, like, swear on the back of their head to try to kill them. But, uh... I think that would be a great UFC, uh, uh, a great Olympic sport, like a like a mixed martial arts. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it sounds intriguing because I think, I think correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they had, I think it's still taekwondo or judos yeah. in the Olympics. Yeah, I think, yeah, taekwondo, judo, and boxing, I believe, is still yeah. that. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was familiar with boxing. But and so I think it's the next natural step. I think what happens is is that as time progresses and as it grows forward, I think you're going to see more involvement in sports. I hope so. I, I think because I think skateboarding I think starts this year or 2024. I'm not. So Dude, I think yeah. Or that on a side note. So mm-hmm. inner nerd actually is screaming right now. You're talking about skateboarding. Did you see that they're remastering and remaking Tony Hawk Pro Skater for like Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and all that. I did. And I'm not going to have a life when this comes out. I'm just gonna, I'm going to relive my childhood, except now I'm allowed to drink while playing. So it's going to be even better. <laughs> I, I think I w- when I saw it, I said, because growing up, I, I just played sports games. I really didn't like even today. Like, I really don't. You know, I try to stay. You know, I try to branch out. Yeah. But when I saw when I saw Tony Hawk and I saw the skating, I'm like, I think you know, underratedly, the the music was very good on those games. Dude, I'm telling I, you, I heard the soundtrack immediately. Like it's like when you're on a computer and you dig up an old file from like five years ago. Literally, except it was probably like ten or fifteen years for us. Like I just instantly started hearing like the soundtrack as I'm cruising down half pipes and grinding down steps and rails, and I was like. Oh my God, this is great! <laughs> it, 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 it's, Anyways, please continue. It's you know it's great that we we evolved it you know to the, because I think you know for the, our in our generation you know it, it was it was a game where you know even if you weren't the biggest skating fan you know skateboarding fan in the world you knew who Tony Hawk was and you knew what he you know, you played the game. And you just automatically started because I remember. Because listen, if you ask me today, could I do a, a half pipe on that stuff? Look, I can't even get on a skateboard. All right, so uh, let me tell you, I can hit that kick, flip, and twist for forty thousand points on your ass, and not even feel bad about it. Yeah, exactly. You see, video game me? Oh yeah, real life me? You better have the medic online one. That's set or or band aids, but you need a whole bunch of them. But. <laughs> But speaking of things that maybe need to be healed, I want to talk about baseball. And and I'll just start by saying this. You know, I think what bestimates how I feel and what a lot of baseball fans feel is, you know, Max Scherzer, the pitcher, the ace pitcher from the World, you know, the World Series champion uh Washington Nationals. He's been very vocal. And, you know, but this most recent tweet, he came out, kind of puts it in perspective. He said, you know, some owners have mentioned owning a team isn't very net profitable. You know what other company isn't very net profitable? We'll say. Am- Amazon. And, and you know, and I did research. You know, I looked for the net profit. I found their net income. Amazon, their net income is $3.3 billion. So... Forget that's not the what they're worth. That's just after you go through and for those yeah, who don't know what exactly for those who don't know what net profit is, you know it's just the actual profit after working expenses that are not included when you calculate the gross net profit. You know have after has been paid. So essentially, after everything's been taken care of, they still got three point three billion dollars. Old, old old Bezos is walking around with three billion. God. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like forget for us. Like people gotta understand the difference between like your it's like wealthy and rich. There's a huge difference because you can hear someone say, "Oh, they're very rich." People say they're very wealthy. You know, and what and what essentially Matt Scherzer saying is is that baseball is very net profitable. He baseball and it's so he understands that few teams are just in major markets are just not even close in terms of what their actual net worth is, if that makes any sense. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and to you, it's like, you know, you think of the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, you know, we're not talking. We're talking like. The San Diego Padres. <laughs> right. You know, Baltimore or, you know, we're talking like that. But the point that he's making is Chris, and I think the point he's making is, is that 
there's money is that if you see the contracts, you can't make the excuse. Like he said, net profit. After you pay these players, you're coming out with a very healthy profit. And sometimes you may your your net profit may not be you know, maybe slightly negative, it, but it's not going to be if it's too negative, you're not going to have a company. You're not going to have a business. I don't care if it's Major League Baseball or the, you know, the Home Depot for next door to your house. So my whole point is, is that I'm, I'll simply say this. It just doesn't make sense to me that baseball can't figure it out. Because if, if basketball can figure it out and you can't tell me there's not enough money in basketball, if they can figure it out, because they understand there's TV contracts, there's money on the line if you don't do something this year. Oh, even yeah. if, so if even if you got to play at Disney, which is which is a very great facility. So it works out. They were able to agree on a format, you know, give or take. You know, even hockey's figured it out. Hockey. And people be like, listen, I like hockey. Hockey figured it out. Other sports are figured out, Chris. But I guess, you know, before I go any further, am I the only one that feels that baseball should have been maybe the second sport after basketball to figure it out? You know, I mean, I, I won't disagree with you. Um, now, I think that basketball and hockey has it harder based on the fact that they had to shut their season down halfway through it. And that essentially, it, it, it turns teams cold. I mean, you know, people, you know, some people don't believe in like the hot and cold streaks in sports, but you know, time to, when you get into a rhythm, uh, you know, we can, we can lean on the, uh, the, the last dance documentary, uh, you and your boys get into a rhythm it's hard to stop it. Right. And then when all, uh, you know, I, what are there, 29 teams in the NBA? Uh, 30. 30? Okay, so 30 teams in the NBA are, are, are silenced. Uh, we'll just, I'm not super big in the hockey, but we'll just say 30 teams in hockey, for sanity's sake, are, are shut down. That really messes with you going into the playoffs, division leaders, you know, so I think it's hard for them. And then they also don't have complete seasons. So now you have to say, well, what's to say that maybe the Orlando Magic couldn't come back? Or what's to say that the Milwaukee Bucks would fall? Or what's to say that uh, the Lakers will just shit the bed or the Celtics will, you know, I mean, you know, there's so many variables. So I think it's harder for them to come back and say, okay, we're going to do a March Madness style bracket elimination tournament for example or something just to give every team an equal shot you know compared to with baseball you're essentially starting new you, mm-hmm. you know you got spring training which doesn't really give a, a fuck about anything it's cool to go check it out and it's fun to watch but it means next to nothing for the season honestly i despise the concept of how long spring training is because of the amount of injuries that come out of it I do not. I cannot think of a team in recent history. We'll even just say it, it, the past ten years that a team hasn't come out on on opening day in baseball and had a hundred percent active roster because somebody always gets hurt. So I hate this month long spring training thing. Pitchers and catchers, I believe, should report because that that does take some time to work itself out. But you're not going to tell me that in the off season that guy is like. Uh, Aaron Judge and uh, uh, you know I, I, you can just go down a, a list of people that little dickhead in uh, uh, Houston that had the buzzer on him so he could figure out which pitch was coming his way. You're gonna tell me that these guys aren't hitting balls during the off season or they're not maintaining cardio or, or strength training or whatever. Come on, you're not fooling me and you're not fooling you. Um, but yeah, for baseball at this point to not have and an idea and inclination of what's going on. Cause normally right now we're almost at the all-star break about another month. Mm-hmm. If we had a regular MLB season would be the all-star break. So we're halfway through 162 games and we got the second half of the season, which it usually turns fire anyway. The first half of the season is not always, I don't always find it as fun to watch It's from all-star break to, to, to September, man is just, that's when you're going to see the best baseball. 
and they need to uh, they need to shit or get off the pot, as my grandmother would say. And uh, they need to neither figure out, come up with a solution, or I think they're going to really start losing the fans. Baseball has already had a hard time with the show, the strike, and what, what was it, 1994? Yeah, the 94 strike. Yeah. strike. So you had the 94 strike, and then you have all the collective bargaining agreements and the issues and, and things have been piling up. You know, also, a, a lot of my friends, and, and I think we've even seen it on our pages or on our individual personal uh, social media pages, a lot of people don't like watching baseball on TV. They'll go to a game, but watching it on TV is they feel like it's a grind, it's very monotonous and it's slow paced. So they already have an issue with you know, with a fan base. And I think they're only piling it up onto it. And and I think also um baseball's kinda starting to really take a back seat, I think, to to basketball, unfortunately. Because uh I think football I think both you and I can unanimously agree that that professional level football is the number one watched professional sport in the united states i think we can agree on that yeah without without pulling stats Um, yeah yeah you can just look at the top rated you can look at the nielsen ratings and say that some of the top games of like look at this look at the ratings i think in one year i think it it was the preponderance i would say i think like 60 percent were football games were nfl games that were the highest watched the most watched games of the year so we can agree on that for sure yeah you know and um and and it's all the side action that we'll call it that that the NFL you got fantasy you've got uh you know the watch parties things like that you know um I can recall more times going over to a friend's house or friends coming over to my place on a Sunday to watch football than on a Tuesday night to catch Tuesday night baseball on ESPN you know um so and now with basketball kind of getting back out because I think I I truly think after Jordan left and a lot of those high tier the Barclays the David Robinsons and a lot of those OG players that you and I grew up on I think basketball started to fade because the the face of the sport changed I mean granted Kobe still carried the torch from Jordan and uh and 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 Shaq you know played Pippen's role as that strong number two but I think just the dynamic of baseball or basketball went down because the rule changes and it just personally for me I'm not speaking for for Darius I think the sport got soft compared to when you and I were watching it as 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 kids um you're not you're not seeing uh Patrick Ewing and Jordan throw fists in in the court in 2020 you're not seeing uh a LeBron James and uh, a Kyrie Irving, you know, pushing each other in, in half court and, and catching a flagrant foul. They both would be ejected. They both would be suspended. And whether it's right or wrong, I'm not going to argue that point. But I think, the, I mean, that's honestly why I stopped watching basketball is it, it started feeling to the point where it just wasn't fun to watch and it just got too soft. And I've, I've always naturally been a baseball fan but now those people that were on the fringe between like, yeah, you know, I'll watch baseball if it's on. But, hey, if LeBron's playing or Steph Curry's playing, I'm going to switch on to Thursday nights on TNT, you know, to watch Curry hit 35, 40 foot jumpers like he's just throwing it up for fun. And so I think between a struggling fan base, the grind of a, of a traditional baseball game anyway, I think they got to come up with something. Otherwise, they're going to be in deep shit here in the coming season. And that's where we can start talking about the finance aspect of uh, of the season or of, of the organizations. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I, I want to add something that you said, I think why baseball has been dropping what you said, everything you said was was pretty much on point. But I also and I'll throw this as a point of of a counterpoint superstars it's it's outside of mike trout and bryce harper who do fans know i'm i'm not i'm not i'm talking baseball fan i you know obviously we have our teams but you don't have to be a bucks fan to know who tom brady is you don't have to be a laker fan to know who lebron james they're the nba i felt and like you made a very good point about the rule changes, 
But I also argued that there wasn't that many stars. Like, we knew LeBron was going to be a star. We knew that we saw something there, you know, post-Jordan. You know, we were looking for the next Michael Jordan, which I still say to this day was no. But that's, a once again, argument for another day. But I argued the problem, going back to baseball, is that, is that Chris, they just don't have superstars. Like, they have superstar franchises, like Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs. But in terms of, like, who's the face of who's the face of the sport like or faces and i think baseball has had i would argue in this order in terms of who's had the worst problem to the least problem it's it's been baseball i would argue the nfl basketball i felt never had a problem with that i felt that generationally you always had a couple of guys who were the faces of the league but when we argue about the nfl you could argue Brady, you could argue, you get Russell Wilson, like people who fans know. But in baseball, Chris, not only do people how they feel about the pace of the game, but Chris, I could argue they have no vested interest into players. There's no vested interest because look, I used to have a favorite basketball team, the Magic. Once again, I know I'm keep saying this a lot in this episode, but that's a whole. I may do a special segment on that on why I stopped being a Magic fan. It has to do with Dwight Howard, and you can figure out the rest. But, but I'm a fan of players. I like seeing LeBron. I like seeing Giannis. You know, I like seeing Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I like seeing these dudes play. Now, would I? I would wear their jerseys because Chris, I don't have a vested interest. Basketball gets fans who aren't fans to become fans. They're like, they're like the. the I'll put it this way. Have you ever been trying to be recruited in high school to do something like whether it's recruited by a college or someone tried to recruit you to go somewhere? Yeah. That's bas- That's the NBA. That's how they recruit fans. They try to say, hey, you want to, you know, LeBron, they put these stars in front of you and you get intrigued. Baseball can't do that. The NFL can do that to a certain degree. But base for you. Well, we know the problem with hockey. You know, hockey is a good sport. It's a very good. I watch hockey. But baseball's number one problem has not only been the thing that you mentioned, Chris, but they just don't have stars. And like, as you know, we know, like I said, we are, everybody knows Trout. Like I said earlier, we know Trout and we know Bryce Harper, but there are a lot of good young stars in baseball. But if you don't follow it, yeah. if you're not vet, if you're not, you have no vested interest in it, you're not going to care. Like in basketball, I hear, you know, you, you hear more on social media about the young stars of, of the NBA or the NFL, but you rarely see anything about baseball being mentioned, not because baseball is a terrible sport, but it's because, listen, clicks and interests drive it. And at the end of the day, just like the reason why we're talking about it, about baseball, is because people are, are wondering why there's no baseball. And, and simply put, like, these are some of the proposals, Chris. That came out just this, like, I'll just give you the two. Now, on Monday, it was proposed to have a 76-game season covering up to 75% of players' prorated salaries. That sounds pretty good, depending on what side of the spectrum you're on. Tuesday, a 89-game season with full prorated pay includes a $5 million fund to minor leaguers and charitable organizations to support social justice initiatives. And they pay players about a third of their full season salary. And it's just spread across only a different number of games. Jeez. And here's the thing. And the season, it would be from July 10th to October 11th because the NBA finals under the, under the NBA agreement will be ending October 12th. So they didn't want to clash with the NBA. And so baseball needs to get this done, Chris, because we're talking broadcasting deal. We're talking there's money. Yeah, you got Tuesday night baseball on ESPN, Wednesday night baseball on TBS, Thursday night baseball on TBS, Friday night, Saturday night on ESPN. You got the double headers on Saturdays, you know, and then that's and then you got uh, what's the big Chicago station? That's a national syndicate uh, WGN with the Cubs and the White Sox. You know, uh, so, you got yeah. 
TBS that usually do the Braves. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of money being left on the table. You know, and then, of course, the most important thing is, you know, uh, if they can even put anybody in the stands. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone's still afraid of their own shadow right now with the whole uh, Corona deal. Yeah. And, and, and that's very true, too. And that's another concern that there might be a second wave. And but I feel that baseball, like when you said the strike, Chris, you hit the nail on the head. Baseball has an issue of credibility that's on the line. It's like, listen, if you can't get if there's no baseball this season, all you're doing, Chris, is bringing up memories of what happened in 1994. That's yeah. all you're doing. And baseball, in terms of reputation, they can't afford not to play, not just from a fiduciary aspect, but from a more people didn't forget. Pepperidge Farms didn't forget. Oh, yeah, remember, remember what happened? Pepperidge Farms remembers. Guy sitting in the wagon, and he pulls up and says, I remember the baseball season of 94. People don't forget that. And and I always stress this, is, is that as much as we like baseball, we got to understand baseball and every, all the points that you mentioned, Chris, are very spot on, is that baseball has enough critiques as it is. It like I, I can argue – that baseball, you know, I think it does. It gets the most critiqued. It's because it, they say it's boring, and they say, "Ah, oh, man, why you watch three hours?" Like you said, they wouldn't. They don't want to watch it on television. Like if you don't have that, you have to be in the stadium. And I get that. Baseball of of the sports right now, Chris, it's reputation. Yep. In that they gotta get something done, because look, I listen. They went from. 76 games and 75% of players prorated, and then to, to, to what? 89 games to full prorated, prorated pay. We want baseball. Somebody, Rob Manfred and the Players Union, I think it's ran by Tony Clark, who's to play for the Detroit Tiger. Listen, he's a smart dude. Get it done. Because like and like I didn't appreciate the comments like Blake Snell had made that he wouldn't come back and play, you know, unless for his full salary. Look here, bro. Like, sir. There's a whole sir. lot of people that'd be happy to take your place. Exactly. So if you don't want to play, fine. Because when you have comments like that, and Chipper Jones made a very good point about listen, you see what's going on in the world? And listen, and you make more money. Then you know, fair to say, then pretty much anybody who's out of work right now, or work or who was working, you're making more money than some of the essential workers, the men and women, who ensure that we're safe. You're gonna complain about that? No. If you don't want to play, then you just don't play, because now you're making it about money, which is fine, Chris. Hey, Chris, money's great. Money's great. I'm not anti-money. You know, I'm pretty sure none of us are anti-money. Yeah, exactly. But we can be anti, but some people can be anti-principle. Like, in terms of they don't have any principle. Blake's don't understand. For the principle of it, go play. Because, look, people will remember. History has a funny way of remembering the people and the things. It keeps a, it keeps a good record. It, you know how I know that? Because we wouldn't have history class. If uh, people... So history is always there. We can go back and find what you said, what you didn't say, what you did. People like Blake Snell, fine. But people like Matt Scherzer, who, listen, they want to play. And and plus, there's storylines in baseball. I want to see Garrett Cole make his debut for the Yankees. I want to see, you know, Mookie Betts in L.A. I want to see how that trade works out. Even if, Chris, I get an abridged version of the book. It's like, I, like I'll ask you this. In, in school, I think we went to the same high school. We, we had to read Shakespeare. Oh, Mr. Flowers. Oh, Jesus. I had Miss Osborne. I had Miss Osborne. And we still had to read Shakespeare. I'm like, this is a whole, con- like, did every, like, English teacher just say, hit you say okay, we got to make them read Shakespeare. Like, I don't know if they made a deal with the publisher. I don't want to get into that either. But, but Chris, did we get an abridged version of Shakespeare, or did we have to read the whole thing? 
You know, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, uh, I don't think I did anything in, uh, in senior, uh, senior English. Mr. Flowers was, um, it was kind of like being a girl in gym class. If you, uh, you know, flash a little skin, you, you know, you didn't always have to, uh, participate and dress out. So I, I think I honestly, I think me and, and my best friend, we would wear like gym shorts and hike them up. And I, so I just, and just chill. Like, I don't even think I did half the assignments. I still got an A in there. So I can't, uh, I can't articulately comment about Shakespeare like you can right now. <laughs> well, okay, well uh, I'll do the Shakespeare talk. But, but, but my point is, is that we were given, we weren't given like a, a cliff nose version of Shakespeare. We got the full thing. Like it did it. It didn't take away the concept of Shakespeare, but we had to read through Shakespeare. And the point is, is that major league baseball, we're not going to get every, we're not going to get the full concept of the baseball season. We're not going to get that. That ship passed months ago. But if we can get something a bridge, 89 games is, is sufficient. But the longer this goes, Chris, 89 is going to become 70. Yeah. And then 79 is going to become – and then at some point, Chris, I just truly believe, and I'll say this. If if you can't figure it out, and we're in the middle, in the middle of June, if you can't figure it out by in the next two weeks, then just don't play. Because to me, Chris, it's not fair to the players – it's not fair to us, the fans, because at least like you made the point with basketball and, and hockey and NHL, they stopped in the middle of their season so they can just pick up where they left off. Or or and I think in hockey, they're just doing a formatted version based on and that's fine, too. Same thing with the NBA. But the point is that. They understood that, hey, we uh, we have to give the fans something because at the end of the day, Chris, there's no them if there's no us. Facts. I, I tell this people all the time, and it, and it kind of semi transitions to the next point. Is is that platforms? Is is that we got to all understand? We all have a very, we all have a, we all had a one platform. We have our, you know, what our very first platform was was the voice. Before there was technology, we had our voices. Yeah. And and then technology came, and then all of that. And, and just like in the concept of we demanding baseball and we're demanding sports and other and listen, they'll hear you because, listen, those seats don't fill themselves unless, you know, like in the, I think in, in the Korean baseball, they put like stuffed dolls in there. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, had to, I had to literally stop and go, wait a minute. Those are people and like this is how fast I am. I'm like, wait a minute. But how can they have like oh dears look closer so you know how you got to pause something yeah there and there's <laughs> fucking SpongeBob sitting uh, sitting behind home plate yeah and then you know for all we know Scooby Doo sitting in the luxury box you know for all we know but I wasn't paying attention but the point is is that if there's no us there's no a lot of things yeah like and I say at the end of the day and and it goes back to platforms because i think and i'll just we'll touch on this you know to wrap it up is is that one of the things chris that i've always believed in even before now was voting people have told me chris that oh voting doesn't matter i'm people legit said on the god have said that oh i don't vote because i feel it doesn't matter it's it's the biggest complaint i've ever it's, it's the number one complaint if we're doing a family feud as survey, they feel like their vote doesn't matter. And I and I always say to them is that your voice matters through your voting. When you're be you you matter. Voting allows you to have a say. Have your opinion. Because you're gonna have a bunch of people trying to tug you one way or the other. Just like just like how we talked about baseball, where you have Two people tugging one another. You have the union, you have the commission, and they're tugging one another to get position to figure it out. That's no different than when we do in everyday life. Yep. It's, it's a matter of where you stand history. 
history remembers everything. Sometimes they'll write about the winners, but some cases they'll write about the loser. Like go, I mean, go, go ask a uh, civil war. Go ask a uh, Custer. Go ask about General Custer. Yeah, so the beginning was. was great. He he was great, right? And then oh, what happened? Yeah, it's in the book, folks. Kids, you could read and figure out the end. But the point is, is that your platform, your voice, history will remember where you stood. Like I'm not gonna say your name's gonna be in a history book, you know, 20 years from now, but. People will remember. And and given the events that would happen, which is why we didn't have an episode last week, because I wanted to get people to really think and to understand that it's bigger than you, me, or any person walking planet Earth. It's to understand that if you don't understand that using your voice, using your we all have a platform. We may not have a platform like LeBron James or like a Tim Allen. We may have like a celebrity platform or an athletic platform, but we have a platform when we vote and when we talk, we have social media. And I feel what happens is, is that people can sometimes speak out of emotion, which is great. I'm not anti-emotion, but when you use your platform, come to people with logic. And, and if you put mo- emotion with the logic, Chris, you get a lot of great things have happened when a lot of great things in this country has taken place. When you take emotion and logic and put it together and one didn't ride over the other. Yeah, I think of it as a, like a, a balanced seesaw. <laughs> if that if you can picture a balanced seesaw. Yeah, and, no, I, no, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, um, you know, like like where I work. Um, I, I'm in a weird dynamic because I manage people in my particular division all over the, all over the country. I got, I got about 35, 40 people that work under me. Um, when I'm in our corporate office, naturally, if one of the other senior managers aren't there, it's kind of like I'm, I'm on watch duty or babysitting as I like to call it most of the time. And, um, I, I, I get people that come in, and I always tell them, I actually have the sign on my desk, and next time, when, whenever we're allowed to go back into New York and I can get back into my office, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. And uh, I put this on front of my desk because I saw it on my HR manager's desk, and it, and it clicked. And it said, if you're going to come to me with a problem, please have a solution prepared. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's one thing that I know we're going to be diving into here um, is there there is a problem in in the country. I mean, we, we can't, you know, uh, ignore it. Um, the way that the problem is looked at, I think, and marginalized, I think could be a contributing factor. Because like you said, people are acting on an emotional response instead of logical and that's i think the difference between adolescents and adults is as an adolescent you act based on emotion because you don't have the logical thought process and understanding to think at a logical level so you you act on emotion um and i think as we mature and we become adults we sit back and analyze an entire situation and you know and you you think about you know for if i do this what could be the long-term thing you know prime example when you're 15 years old someone pushes you you know at 15 testosterone's pumping at five thousand percent and you think you got the biggest dick in the county someone pushes you you're you're gonna haul off and, and punch them in the face you're gonna whoop their ass if you can and when you do that, you get that immediate satisfaction, but you don't think about the long-term effects. Um, you know, I remember like back in the day, like when we went to school, that was 10 days off that you got. Um, you got 10 days to go home, think about what happens. Um, my, as I've mentioned multiple times, my brother is actually 
the school resource officer at Palm Bay, where, where we went to school. And they're actually arresting kids now that get into fights. They're charging them with assault, with battery, aggravated battery, depending on the the depth of the ass whooping that's handed out and the damage, you know, and, and the whole scenario, so on and so forth. Um, you don't you don't think about that when you're 15. You act on emotion. Now, when you're 25 or 35, you think about those things. You know, the first thing I think about someone says something smart. I'm out in public or, you know, out somewhere you know. I get into a fight with this guy and I'm not saying by any means that I'm Bruce Lee or Chuck Liddell or some type of professional fighter. Can I hold my own? Absolutely. Can I hold my own against everybody? Absolutely not. There's always that bigger kid on the playground. But I think to myself in my thirties now, let's just say, I don't know, someone slaps a drink out of my hand. It's just something, something to trigger a physical response. The first thing I think about is, well, number one, the first thing I think about is, hey, can I knock this guy out in about 45 seconds? Because otherwise I'm going to be out of steam in my old ass. Um, but I, I think what are the long-term effects? Let's just say I, I, I get into a physical confrontation with this guy, and I don't have long arms. So my instinct and my training is I'm going to take you to the ground. Let's just say, you know, Ladarius, since you, you and I have completely two different body compositions. You're like eight foot 12, and I'm like five foot nothing. Um Let's just, let's just say you and I get into a physical altercation. I'm not going to try to stand toe-to-toe with you. You are way too fucking tall and linky for me, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to get inside you, and I'm going to try to take you to the ground. Now, let's just say I pick you up and slam you onto the ground. You bang your head on something. I knock you unconscious. Or mm-hmm. I think you're unconscious. But actually, I cracked your fucking skull on something. And now you're now you have a brain hemorrhage. I potentially just killed you or I take you to the ground and you land on your head the wrong way and you snap your fucking neck. Now you're a vegetable from the waist down and you're sucking uh, juice blends out of a straw barely or they plug a, a feeding port into your stomach. I'm going to jail over something stupid. And I guess to, to circle back just to, to shorten the story is, is like you said, you think there, there's a blot. You have to feel something to think you know, something has to make you feel a certain way. But I think in the grand scheme of things, we need to learn to control our emotions more to think logically long term instead of just getting that immediate satisfaction of whatever might be uh, might be your your way. And, you know, I, I think what you said is in and I'll add this is, is that. And you just you use an example of when we can have too much emotion. And and that's why I always say, going back to the platform concept, whether you're like in the scenario you mentioned with you and I, or just when you're confronting somebody on social media, because it happens. It happens. I've seen it. We've all we both seen it. When we've gotten <laughs> to arguments on social media and people have this some people have this great proclivity to jump things from zero to 60 super fast. You know, you know what it is? If I, if I can cut in real quick is I think it's mostly the younger generation. It's not the people our age. It's not the people older than us. Mm -hmm. I think we were the first age of like social media platforms, MySpace, uh, hell, even AOL instant messenger for Christ's sake, you know? Oh, we we grew up with that, and then, of course, the evolution of the Twitters and Instagrams and Facebooks. Back in the day, when we were in school, if we had a problem with somebody, we didn't have the safety net to get on Facebook and talk shit. If we had something to say, we, we were neither folded those cool, foldy little note things and, and, and slid them across classrooms, or you said something in the commons area or at the bus loop, and then whatever happened from there happened. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the younger generations, the early, the mid twenties, early twenties, and and lower, they get a little too comfy behind the safety of a keyboard and or a phone screen. And you've seen some of the things that people have said to me, and I've seen some of the things that people have said to you. I would bet my four hundred one k, which right now isn't looking as pretty because the fucking stock market, but 
I bet you the money I got tied up in there. I don't think people would say those things to your face or my face. Oh no! And, and no. you and I and you and I discussed that the other day. Someone wanted to to get a little uh, rough around the gills with me, and then when I confronted him about it, saying, "Hey, I I don't think you would say this," and silence fell. Um, but it it evolves back to that platform thing, and platforms can be used for good. They can be used for bad, and they could also be used at the wrong times um i'm the very first person i everyone if you're an american citizen you have the freedom of speech in this country if you feel a certain way about something you have the right to express those ways in a peaceful manner um however unfortunately sometimes as the as the saying goes that freedom of speech doesn't always come with a dental plan and you could lose things by expressing your freedom of speech. But again, I think that's where it circled back to your, your platform is there's a time and a place, I think, to um, to say things, to 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 vent about things. Um, and especially in today's world where we're so connected. Um, if you think back, we, we didn't have the ability to direct message Michael Jordan 20 years ago. Uh, when he was tearing it up at the NBA compared to kids now literally have the ability, not that LeBron probably reads his own Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, but kids can feel like they can reach out to athletes and they can see when athletes or actors or uh, people in positions of, of influence, I guess we'll call it. Um, they didn't have that reach before. And that sometimes that reach whether the message is good or it's right or indifferent, I think, and, and again, this is where people will disagree with me. Um, you have the right to say it, but if something happens afterwards due to what you said, you can't blame anybody but yourself because you willingly chose that action, whether it's right or wrong. Um, you know, but again, it's it's one of those things like, like you know, we'll, we'll circle back real quick and I'll, I'll no, I don't mean to keep taking your thunder. Um, you know, naturally everybody knows like I'm a fairly political person and I'm not afraid to, uh, to vent my concepts or ideology. Um, but I don't do it at work. I like my job. I like my paycheck and I understand that that's not the place for it. Now, as a person in management, um, I have to be able to act on that. And then also, unfortunately, sometimes have to enforce those same rules and, when you're in a mixed environment, you know, I, I was always taught as, as a, as a young man, religion and politics are two things you don't discuss in the open. You keep that private with, with very close friends, family, relatives, whoever. Um, and there have been times where, um, like in my New York office, I've got people that are very one way, very the other way. And I personally get tired of listening to a bitch about it. But the problem is I can't, just counsel one of them because it looks like I'm singling that specific person out. So I got to take them all together and say, Hey, look, this is work. If you want to have this conversation at five Oh two out in the parking lot, when you're not my problem, or you want to go out and go to dinner, have at it, have your platform, speak your piece, take it where you want to go. Just don't do it here. I don't need the distraction. I don't need the problem here. And uh, that that's just my way of viewing, but unfortunately, I'm stuck in that corporate America management mindset where I've I've got to keep the peace on on all sides and keep everybody happy regardless of whatever. So that's my two cents. Anyway, sorry, man. No, you're okay. And I'll just say these couple things before we wrap up. Is that I want to make it clear, and I think I made it clear on if I didn't make it clear, I did the uh, Facebook Live video uh, last Friday about George Ford in Minnesota. And and I wrote an article that's on the uh, podcast website, which I will I'll mention at the end of the episode, is, is that I want to use this. One of the things, Chris, that when I set up to do this podcast back in May of last year, is, is that I wanted to talk about things that I thought were important. You know, my love of sports and things that happen in the world. And I want to be able to have this as a platform where people aren't going to agree with you and I, what, what, what we say, especially go look at our college football stuff. People mm-hmm. agree with half the things that we said 
And but the but the the beauty of that, Chris, is is that in this platform, I always believe in. And I'll just say this: I've always believed in the concept of civil discourse. You can have you and I, Chris. I think on and off this podcast have had great civil discourse, and even if we didn't agree a hundred percent, like maybe we agreed. 80, 85% of what one of us said, we didn't just, you know, bat each other down for the 15 or 20% that we didn't dis- that we disagreed on. And I think understand when you have a platform, you have to stand for something. And even if, and like you say, there's always a price to that. It's like, Chris, I understand that when I did that Facebook live video about, I knew there was a price to that. I didn't go in there and, and wake up and say, oh, man, everyone's going to love it. Because, Chris, everybody didn't love it. And I and but at the end of the day, Chris, you know, doing this podcast or just me myself, because sometimes you got to separate you from the podcast sometimes. Because you understand that you don't do anything to mitigate your podcast, but you don't also don't want to water things down for yourself outside of it, if that makes any sense. So. You have to find that balance. And like you made a very good point in the workplace, sometimes it's just best not to talk about it, not because out of fear of what people think or say, but the reality is that you're there to work. And and I understand that argument. And some workplaces, Chris, are very open about talking about that. But you have some who aren't. So you have to be conscious of that as well. When you go on your Twitter, your Facebook, whatever social media platform that you use, Understand that your platform is your platform, but don't let it seep into places that could jeopardize certain aspects of your life. And not out of fear and anything like that, but understand that if you bring that into the workplace, then people aren't going to know you as, hey, that's Jim, the hardworking guy who works in HR. Oh, they're going to say, oh, that's Jim who made that post about you know, Black Lives Matter or it's something like that. It takes away and mitigates your work. That's the point. If that makes any sense. You don't want to be known at your job because sometimes, Chris, people may not agree with the concept of Black Lives Matter. And I understand why people may. I'm just using it like an example, given the current climate. Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. And, and like I said, at the end of the day, Jim doesn't want to be known as the guy who posted this stuff because that's what Jim did after work. Jim didn't do it like Jim did was at his desk and tweeting at his desk. Like Jim was home. Jim was out and about and he made a tweet. But you have some people who want to who bring it to the workplace and you got to shut it down because you got to be able to separate that. You got to kind of be like Clark Kent and Superman with that type of stuff. You, or Diana Prince and Wonder Woman. If I think I got that right. I hopefully I nailed it <laughs> or <laughs> or don't worry, don't worry. The internet will correct me. Don't worry, it's happened more than once. But I leave people with this: is is understand that the platform that you have, voting, social media, your voice, it's very important if you want to make change in this country, because we can both agree that this country is not the country that we, you know, growing up in the '90s. Because we were like 90s, 2000 kids. And so we see the world differently than the younger generation, which is a very good point that you brought up. But under, but I tell people, understand this. Even then, we understood that even though we couldn't vote, a lot of us still ran our mouths and talked when it was necessary. Even if it came down to, hey, man, we don't like this teacher. Or... <laughs> Or we don't like, you know, how he or she is grading paper. It may seem very minute in the grand scheme of things, but we used our voice to express that how could they know if we didn't say anything? How could change happen if you yeah. don't say what, what if Rosa Parks was just OK with just sitting in the back of the bus and so she sat in the front and she said she didn't want to sit in the front. She didn't want to sit in the back. You, you can make change. Sometimes. Like Rosa Parks, use your voice, use use your platform as people to understand that we're all in this together and that we all want to be seen as equal. 
it, it doesn't make sense to me in 2020 that we're still having arguments and discussions about things that we talked about for the last half century or century. And I say, at the end of the day, I hope that people use their platform, whether it's like this show that we do, the podcast that we do, or our own personal social media accounts to express how we feel, to use our voice. If companies can do it, Chris, why can't we? Companies do it every day. Companies do it every day. It's literally why some people will shop at a certain place and why certain people may not shop or eat or whatever you do. So I want to keep people, I want to have people to be conscious of that. It's just that don't be afraid to use your platform, but be conscious of using it and understand that the impact that you can have, you may not be a celebrity, but you're a person and you can make a difference. And with that, and that's the difference of the time for this episode of the Sports in the World podcast. And just remember, remember to like the board, go to our Facebook page and like our page at facebook.com slash sports the world. Head over to also our our group account, which I'll be posing a group question there after the episode and go to our website. Uh, go to our website here. Go to sports the world and the world one dot wordpress dot com to check out all the content there. Some of the articles I've written as well. Go to my Twitter account there's underscore Brown. Go to the podcast Twitter sports in the world. And once again, you're a voice. Express your thoughts and opinions about this show. It's not going to bother me and Chris. I can't speak for Chris, but I'm pretty sure I can say I, I can say with great confidence. I would probably bet anything in my account that it's not going to bother Chris. It's. I, I, I got I got the, you know the the biggest thing that I always say is if you're going to have an opinion, be prepared to have someone not like it, but be respectable towards it. There there are some things in life that I don't agree with, but just have have common courtesy. I think that's where a lot of people. Uh, get lost with the lack of common courtesy. And again, I think it falls back to the safety of a keyboard and a, and a phone screen and uh, just go out there. Don't be a fucking hippie. Go out there and love each other. Have fun. Just appreciate each other, man. You know, we it could be worse. We could be a three toed sloth or a, I don't know, a fucking koala bear on fire in Australia or something. And I think and you hit it at home. If you don't agree, like I think Chris, during the season we disagreed on a lot of stuff, sports-wise. But we respected each, and I tell people we respect each other's opinion because someone, and I'll just say this before we wrap wrap up, is that you and I both know the person, and the person, uh, I think they commented or said that you guys agree on everything, and I'm like, then you don't listen to the show. Yeah, you don't listen. You don't listen very well, bud. You don't listen. I'm like. Listen, if, if that was the case, Chris, then we would have the same identical record in picks. Or, or you, we would, you won you won in picks for the season, right? Yeah, I did. But we're not gonna talk about the fantasy football. I don't think we can I think I lost my notes. <laughs> I think I lost my notes on that. So oh, you know, what a show. I'll just remind you, I am the supreme chancellor. Yeah, I you know, I was rummaging through my things and it got caught up in a shredder. Or something. I don't know what happened. You know, <laughs> things happen. I don't know what's things happened. Happen. It's burst in the flames. Yeah, it just went. Poof. Like if you've seen Copperfield, that's what happened. Something. If he can make he made the Statue of Liberty disappear, I made those notes disappear. <laughs> so I I'm not gonna tell you how I did it because you know just like him, I have secrets that I can't reveal. Hey, <laughs> struggle is real, man. Hey, you can be like a Dolphins fan. There's always next season, man. Oh, you know what? You know, you know, the Dolphins may be better. You can be a Jacksonville fan because unlike the, you know, I think a real Jaguar would play better than the team they have now. So teach, teach it to play football and catch and throw. I can see them going seven and nine, eight and eight. So because, I mean, they're facing the Colt. I mean, I, we, you get it, folks. We'll, we'll, we'll save that when it gets closer to the season. We'll save it. We, we have a whole bunch in our in our vaults. But but thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Sports in the World podcast. And until you hear us again, I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. Be real, be you, be blessed, and more importantly, be safe. See ya! Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Sports and the World podcast. 
to be a part of the podcast, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash sports the world, as well as join our Facebook podcast group to participate in our weekly polls and our content. Also, head over to our website, sportsintheworld1.wordpress.com. That's sportsintheworld1.wordpress.com to enjoy more content and articles. Lastly, check me out on Twitter, at Ladarius Brown. That's at Ladarius Brown. And the podcast, at Sports the World. Once again, at Sports the World. Thanks again for listening and joining us on the podcast. Until next time, have a great day and be safe.